Welcome, music lovers. You are here listening to... Actually, we don't really have a name for what this is going to be. This is an interview <laughs> is what this is. I'm Daniel Dopp, podcast producer here at ESPN Radio in studio with David Bazan and Yuki Matthews. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. How are you Thanks doing? Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys right now are out on tour. Yep. Playing some shows together. But this is a little bit different than probably what a lot of our listeners are used to. You guys are doing house show tours. Yep. So explain to us, you know, what a house show environment is like. What's what's that tour about? Well, we just literally go into people's living rooms. We arrange it in advance, obviously, and um, there's 50 to 75 people, depending on the size of the space. We also do storefronts or whatever people want to suggest that we play. And so, yeah, it's just instead of playing at a rock club in a town, we'll play a slightly smaller show, slightly more intimate, um, and... Uh, it just works out to be really fun. Why do you decide to do a house show tour rather than go back out and do a bigger club show? Well, initially we did it because uh, I was getting ready to put a record out about nine months in the future when we were kind of at this crossroads. Um, and the label wanted me to lay low. And the way that uh, I make my living is from touring, um, especially the industry's kind of changed. Artists used to make a little bit more money from album sales but uh so i was needing to figure out a way to tour and also to not tour <laughs> in a way just basically not use up all the resources like publicity and uh the the interactions with um promoters and things that they wanted to save for when the record hit so that that would be a big splash so we came up with this other way of touring in a slightly more under the radar um way and uh it was so fun that we decided to do it all the time. And one of the reasons why it, it continues to come up is because you can't, it, it's, it's easy to oversaturate um, it in rock clubs just to play too often for the promoter's taste or for the, the people who come and pay and see the shows. And so it's a way to play more shows without using up your kind of your show tokens or however you want to think about it in those towns. You can kind of play a market over and over and over again without oversaturating. Yeah. And a lot of that from the house shows that I've been to is because of the intimacy that you have with the audience. I mean, you're literally sitting in a living room mm -hmm. with a bunch of strangers listening to you play songs and you interact with yeah. everybody that's there. Yeah. I mean, you really are just kind of hanging out. There's no... You know, one of the perks, I guess, and why I have enjoyed it when I've gone to see um, songwriters and singers uh, in a house show is that there's no stage, there's no green room. I mean, you're just there with everybody all together, and so there's no filter. The P There's no PA usually. There's no microphone uh, often. On this tour, I'm singing through a microphone, but um, either way, it's very direct and there's nothing standing between the listener and the performer. And so there, there's just a different kind of energy. Yeah. Bringing down that wall. Mm -hmm. These, you have had a, a long career. And so these house shows have been, I'm assuming are filled with multiple kinds of people from what your, you know, former band, fans of your former band, Peter the Lion was. And then now, you know, you through all, the, all of your solo career. Um, but that intimacy of, of literally being in a room with a bunch of strangers and you're all there for one shared common purpose. Uh-huh. Seems like it would feel rad. It's pretty intense. I mean, you can't I can't 
look at it directly or think about it that, you know, I just have to be myself and do that. Cause if I think about that, I think this is crazy. Like I don't deserve, I don't deserve this for people to, you know, that's how I would tend to feel. So I just don't think about it. You just be yeah. yourself and, um, and then it's fun, yeah. you know, and I, it's my responsibility for the, that one of the things that's so great about it is that the energy is really malleable in, in that environment. And because, because of that, it can go south, you know, not easily, but it can go south. And so it's my job to be sort of the keeper of the energy. I just have to make sure that the it's not awkward, that just people are, I don't know, engaged and having fun. Again, I, I, I don't even, I don't think about it in those terms when I'm doing it, but when people have asked, like, are certain shows ever awkward? And I just think, no, it's my job to keep the ball in the air, to yeah. make it fun. Um, and so, yeah. Okay. Well, let's hear, uh, let's hear a song from you. Uh, you did a, a couple of videos for us that are also on, up on ESPNRadio.com. If you want to see the videos of Dave playing these songs, check them out on ESPNRadio.com. You can find them. This first one you're going to do for us is called Nobody's Perfect. Yep. Some folks are all blood and no guts Some cases are open and shut Broken vessel But compared to what
Nobody's perfect Nobody's free Nobody's Perfect. That is a song off of the new albums that you're doing. Yep. Called the Bazan Monthly Volumes. Uh-huh. And you have two monthly volumes. Yep. They, you wrote them a little bit differently than you did, I guess, a traditional album. Can you explain you know, what you're doing with these? It's different. Well, yeah, we, um, we put two songs a month out. And so, it, you know, the volumes capped off at 10 songs each. So in that sense, it... Now it's just like a regular record, but um, starting in July of 2014, um, I put out two songs a month, every month for five months. And um, we were really writing them in that month off, you know, where the, um, you know, July 1st, I put out two songs. And then in the month of July, I was, we were kind of writing and recording and mixing and trying to, you know, get the next two songs ready to go. Um, And it sounds like... That's not a lot, I guess, but, you know, kind of touring full time in the midst of that. And also it couldn't just be any old, you know, any old two songs. They had to be, you know, good. And yeah. they, and so we just kept working and working. And so every month we have a deadline um, that loomed, you know, pretty ominously uh, as, the, as the month went along. And um, yeah, so we just, so yeah, two songs a month and we wrote wrote them and recorded them basically in real time. And, um, and then at the end of that, I took a month break and then we did volume two starting early this year. Was that deadline more or less ominous than when you're writing a regular album for a label saying, Hey, we need to get this by this time. Well, it just was immovable. And whereas when you're writing for an, uh, an album deadline, usually, you know, there's, there are contingency plans. Like if you, if you miss it, it's, you just, you just push the release date. Yeah, you just yeah. you have a target release date and you just miss it so you have to push the date back and yeah. it screws up touring plans or whatever, but it's doable. With this, people paid money for 10 songs and they received two at a time and so when the first of the month came, I just had they had to be done. There <laughs> they was had to no, be in people's inboxes. Yeah, there was no question. Um my manager was definitely concerned he was worried uh, that it wouldn't happen a few times in the night before a couple of times. Cause we would turn them in like the morning that they were going out at 2 PM or whatever. And he definitely composed an email to fans in his head at least a couple of times. Like, you know, 
dear guys, like uh, I'm, I'm so sorry to announce that Bazan is running just a little behind, and we're not going to fulfill the blah blah blah. But it never came to that. We did, we always turned it in. Nice. Yeah. So you would do all of that in a month. You would basically write two songs a month, mm-hmm. and when people would buy it, there were two different ways that they could purchase it. Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're getting either the digital download or you can order the records. And, yeah. And each. Each monthly volume is a seven-inch record. Yeah, so there, it's really simple, actually. But to to describe it with words is kind of confusing. But yeah, so each pair of songs would come out on a seven-inch vinyl record if you wanted to to have that, um, or you could just get them digitally. Um, yeah, and so for each uh, for Bazan monthly volume one, there are five seven-inch records, and the same thing for volume two. Volume two. Who um who else played with you on those records? Was it just you for everything, or did you have contributors? It was me and Walsh, uh, Tim T W Walsh and Yuki Matthews. Okay. Um, there might I gotta scan through it and make sure that. Oh, uh, Charles. Oh, Charles, my friend Charles, who did the art for, um, the volume two. He played guitar on the last uh, on the second to last song of volume one. Okay. Um, really rad, actually. Um, yeah, Charles Chase, um, C-H-A-C-E, uh, who lives in North Carolina. Um, but, yeah, it was just, other than Charles, it was just the three of us. Um, and by the end, it, it was mostly Yuki and I. And then Walsh would contribute a, an odd thing here or there in terms of instruments but then he mastered almost all of them too. Right. Tim Walsh did, right. Yeah. So Yuki, you've been on a, a played with a number of people, been on a number of records. How, for you, as somebody who, not that you didn't have a deadline, but it wasn't looming over you. I would assume quite as much as it was over Dave uh, or Bob. Or did you did you take on that pressure as well? Oh no, he did. Yeah, <laughs> I probably took it on more than Dave. Um, yeah, I mean, I was the guy mixing it. Mixing almost all of the songs. Yeah, forgot to mention that. So Yuki <laughs> mixed everything. So he was the last stop, the last before big creative Tim, stop before Tim. Who mastered. So, so when yeah. you're getting it in the day of or, you know, how many days before and you still have to mix the whole thing for then one it to go to day, Tim. One day before. Mix slash, you know, Dave gave me the direction. Like if it needs anything, feel free to add stuff. So I would run into that a lot where I would get the mix up. And then I would say, this does actually need some more stuff. So I'd add a synth or something like that. And it was, you know, I, I didn't sleep at all. <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's hear another song from you, Dave. Uh, this one is going to be called Animals. Mm-hmm. This is off of which monthly volume? Uh, this is off volume two. Monthly volume two. Yeah. All right, here we go. To fight another day, the fruit fly side as evening fades. And find a wife and make her pay for wanting what she can't articulate. You hate yourself You don't mean to You cut off a leg 
something to lean into Policemen beat your neighbor's son It don't feel right to you Call 911 Cause animals Are learning How to walk upright Rapturous Unnerving The light behind their eyes Right before they try Covers up Hiding from the light In superstitious clubs The kingdom's all around you, dear It was never somewhere else Always right here Rides up front, love rides in the back. Cause animals are learning how to walk upright. Rapturous, unnerving. What's next for you? I mean, you've got these two albums you, you just came out with. Mm-hmm. They're done now. Mm-hmm. You're going on this house show tour. You're on a house show tour now, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually, and we should have said this up front, it's a headphones house show tour. Yep. So you're doing that for a side project that you did a 10-year anniversary. Yeah. So in 2005, I put out a record by a band called Headphones, which was me and Tim Walsh and Frank Lenz played on the record wasn't really a band even. I mean, it was it, it was me dragging Walsh along, kind of kicking and screaming, and then our, we hired a couple of our buddies to work on the record. Um, and so, yeah, that record is 10 years old. Uh, that band had a very – or that project, I should say, had a very short lifespan it, relative to my other things where I just am – you know, I've been on the road for 17 years uh, full-time just either doing Paid with a Lion or solo stuff. And so – the, that record was turning 10. Um, it's a different record for me in that it's it's just all synthesizers and drums, uh, acoustic drums, which all of my other bands are guitar-based. Um, and I don't know, people, it was very unsuccessful initially. 
Um, people have started to ask about it more and more. It, its popularity kind of grew after the fact as things kind of sometimes do. Like the Big Lebowski. Yeah, well, man, I wouldn't put it in that category, but <laughs> but yeah, sure. Um, and so when the 10-year was approaching, we thought, well, why not honor this work that we did that just really didn't get to get to do anything or go anywhere or even have that much of a of a life on the road um just you know play play the record and so that's what we're doing we're we're out playing that record and um people are pretty psyched uh, you know i think that there were a lot of people that came to it later it's a strange record um and so it took people a while to understand what was going on but yeah we're out doing that we got a few more uh, shows on this trip, and then we're going to uh, do three weeks in um, a little later this summer. Okay. And what about for you, Yuki, when you go home? what Are you, are you working on something? Are you bagging groceries until Dave <laughs> calls you again to go out on tour? No, fortunately not. Um, but Dave is going to start working on the full-length album, and I'm, I'm going to be a part of that. So Awesome. Um, that's yeah. what's going on. New record in uh, February of 20 – what year is it right now? 2016, 2016. Is yeah. 2016, yeah. And who will that be out? Will that So these monthly volumes have been self-released? Yep. All you. Is is the new album going to be that, or is that going to be on? No, Barsook Records. Barsook's going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fantastic. So where can people find out about you? What If, if they like what they're hearing, where can they go? Uh, DavidBazan.com, uh, B-A-Z-A-N. Um, Twitter, David Bazan. Facebook, David Bazan. All, all the normal places. Okay. Um, yeah. And Yuki, how can we find you on Twitter? Uh, find me on Instagram. Instagram. I like the Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Just look my name up. Y-U-U-K-I Matthews. Okay. Deal. We're going to hear one more song. I want to thank both David and Yuki for being here. Guys, really appreciate you coming here. Thanks, Dan. It's been Thanks fantastic. for having us. Yeah. This last song that we're going to have uh, is called Little Landslides. Mm-hmm. And which volume is this on? This is on volume one. This is on volume one also. Yeah. Okay.
Absolutely fantastic. Little landslides, animals, and nobody's perfect. All three on the Bazan monthly volumes. Thank you again to David Bazan and Yuki Matthews for swinging through on their day off on tour. Again, check out David Bazan's stuff at davidbazan.com. Also, thank you to Tarika Foster for doing the video. Check out the videos of all the performances you just heard on ESPNRadio.com. You can also find them on Twitter and on the ESPN Music page. And thank you to David Williams for doing all of the mixing and mastering of the songs you just listened to. And if you love this, if this is something that you want more of, you want more of this music from us, please write about this in blogs. Retweet it, put it on Facebook, talk about it on social media. Let us know that you want more of this kind of content so we can keep making this kind of stuff happen. Without you guys, we can't do this. Thank you again for everything. My name is Daniel Dopp, and I hope to see you guys again soon.